you have to be out there taking care of your customers and that's how they're going to continue to thrive and evolve. But part of it is adapting and it's adapting at a much quicker pace than what we have seen in the past. If the pandemic showed us anything, it's we have to move faster. You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, where James Robert interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello. I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 72nd episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome Whitney Lowe to the show. Whitney is the Director of Business Development at Ignite Sales where they are digitally guiding customers to wise financial choices. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me today. Well, you know, we're a couple months in to 2021. And what I'm interested to start this conversation is what are you most excited about right now for financial brands when you just reflect on the progress that has been made over the past few weeks since we started this year together? Um, first of all, I'm I'm just happy to be in what I would call like the post-pandemic stage. I think we're all finding our new normal. I think everybody's coming up for, for air and, you know, catching their breath and, and getting ready to move forward and in, in the new environment that we're in. And I'm excited for financial brands in particular because 2020 was the most devastating year for Americans in many capacities, but especially with their finances. And I'm excited for financial brands to be able uh, to guide those customers back to financial wellness and to be there to help them get where they need to be on their journey. And I think it's something that we should all aspire to do. And it's something as an industry that should be our number one priority right now is to help everyone recover from what took place last year and what's still happening this year. Yeah, what's still to come because we're mm-hmm. we're na- we're navigating through this. And if I go back and listen to some of the early podcasts, I was making predictions that you know a couple of things were going to happen. We're going to have the the health crisis. Mm-hmm. We were going to have a financial health crisis. Right. We were going to have a societal crisis. Not knowing what that looked like, but it's like I was going back to study the the nineteen eighteen nineteen nineteen flu pandemic, and it was like you start f- identifying these patterns. And and then we're going to have the mental the mental health crisis yeah. coming yeah. out of all of this, and a lot of it is tied to we're just there's just so much on our plates right now, you know, as individuals, as you know, personally, professionally, organizationally, and 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 for you, I think, and and really for me, I, I try to just keep a positive mindset with all of this because mm-hmm. it's so easy to go down the the negative dark rabbit hole. And one of the ways that, that I look at keeping a positive mindset is just reflection, like what has been going well and also what have we learned? So could you articulate and maybe distill down a just a key lesson that you've learned navigating this journey over the past year? One of the key takeaways, uh, I think, in everything that has occurred, and a lot of things have occurred, but from a, a perspective, a financial perspective, and I choose that because 
actually, you know, come from the financial industry. I worked in banks and then I ended up getting a job at a credit union, drank the Kool-Aid and that was it. And so, you know, that, that motto of people helping people really means something to me and it really resonates to me. And what I've learned through this pandemic is that, you know, there are people out there that are really suffering and they really do need help with their finances. In in the financial capacity of, you know, 2020, it wrecked people's lives overnight in some cases. And the fact that there are people that are having these, uh, you know, mental health issues, I mean, suicides are up. Anybody that is choosing to end their life because of their financial situation, because of the embarrassment that they feel and anything like that just breaks my heart. And so as an industry, I take it personally to think that, hey, you know, we really do need to make this our number one priority is to help them on this financial wellness goal. And we have to do it quickly and we have to do it also the right way. <laughs> we have to have the right tools to actually help uh, customers and consumers and members that are out there. So that was my biggest takeaway was just watching the, you know, the, the pain and the hurt and, and being like, let's do something about it. Yeah, no, I, exactly. Like, let's turn those lessons mm-hmm. and that insight. We, we start to turn it into action. And, and that's, right. you know, I, why I appreciate the work that, that you're doing and, and, and the rest of the team at Ignite Sales. And, and, and to that point, when you think about this idea of sales, digital sales in this post-COVID world, what is a commonly held belief that the the banking industry might have, but you passionately disagree with? Um, one, I think that the word digital has honestly almost become overused. And I think it's become confusing to a certain degree, because I think sometimes when you're talking to financial institutions and you say the word digital, where their mind goes really is technology and delivery channels. And so I feel like sometimes we get off topic and we're more concerned about the the pieces of technology and the delivery channels versus actually the real engagement and what is actually like digital engagement and member engagement and, and customer engagement. And so I think sometimes we need to step back and say, okay, what is it really that we're trying to solve? And in what capacity? Mm. Delivery channels are great, but what are you going to do to actually solve the problem in order to be able to put it into a delivery channel and get it to that customer? So that's one thing that I think sometimes we just get too focused on the technology part of it and not focused enough on actually how we're solving the problem. Yeah, because the the technology is just the tool, the vehicle to help guide someone mm-hmm. from point A to point B. Right. But the, the conflict of that, the challenge is when at the executive level, a technology purchase decision is made, not really thinking about how that's going to not necessarily impact the account holder, the customer, the member's life, Mm-hmm. but those that have to deploy the technology, the employee right. experience. And so it's right. a double-edged sword of looking at how is this technology going to either help enable or could maybe create some fear, conflict, resistance. How do we navigate those conversations more so internally uh, when it comes to to helping others say, you know, technology is used to empower what you're doing to empower the lives of, of others, not to be a threat or to to take away your job. Mm-hmm. How can we put people's minds at ease? So 
that's a really good question. And, you know, I read your book and you made a really good point in, in your book, which was all of the departments and financial institutions have to come together to make this work. This isn't just for the IT department or the marketing department or anything like that. So you all have to, to, to come together and decide ultimately, you know, what is your goal and how are you going to identify the problem? Sometimes I think we all get together and we're just, you know, we were brainstorming and we're, we're talking and we're like, okay, well, this sounds really Really cool and this looks like a really good shiny object and maybe this will be really good and sometimes I think we end up throwing things against the wall and hoping it's going to stick when if we were actually engaging with the consumer on the level that they're desiring and asking the right questions and guiding them I don't think we would have to sit there and wonder what new technology is best and what they're going to want because if you're asking them when you're interacting with them and you're asking in the right way you're already going to know so then all you do is you take that information, that data, you analyze it, you put it together and come up with a plan and implement what it is that they are actually looking for. So you're not assuming anymore. You're taking the assumptive part out of it. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. That idea of coming up with a plan because you and the team at Ignite Sales wrote a guide, which is a five-step plan for improving your customers' financial wellness. What was the impetus to to sit down and and put together? It's a, it's a great piece of content, very practical advice. We'll talk through some of the the insights, but I want to get into like why do this to begin with in the first place? And really, what role does financial wellness play for the future growth of financial brands? That's, I mean, that's a great question. You know, Ignite, we've been in the industry for uh, for 20 years, more on the bank side than the credit unions. And our goal has always been customer service and customer engagement. But when the pandemic came up and we saw the, the toll that it was taking on you know, Americans across the country and, and also on the financial institutions who were scrambling, trying to figure out how am I going to continue to interact with these customers and, and help them get where they need to be when we can't open our branches, right? We can't, nobody can come into a branch and our online communication platforms might not be where it needs to be. And so really it just came to like a screeching fault for some financial institutions. And it was really scary as an industry to try to figure out, hey, how are we going to get back and get connected to these customers again and, and help them? And so when we were talking about, you know, writing this, this white paper and talking about financial wellness, financial wellness is the key to success for financial institutions to continue to exist. Mm. You, you can't be complacent. You can no longer sit back and wait to see what everybody else is doing. You have to be out there taking care of your customers and that's how they're going to continue to thrive and evolve. But part of it is adapting and it's adapting at a much quicker pace than what we have seen in the past. If the pandemic showed us anything, it's we have to move faster. Absolutely. And it's the idea that AQ, adaptability quotient, plus EQ, emotional intelligence, is, is going to, they're going to be two competitive advantages. And you talk about this idea of speed. Jan Bellens quoted in, in the white paper, quote, banks have a window of opportunity to lead in financial wellness, but they need to move faster if they want to stay at the forefront of this amazing opportunity. And, and for some clarity's sake, financial wellness, how is that different than what this industry has spoken about for years? I think with some half truths or not really big commitments behind, which is that idea of financial education, financial literacy, how is financial wellness different 
than financial education or financial literacy? So it's incredibly different. And if you had asked me that question five years ago, I would have told you you're crazy because I would have been like, oh, no, it's all about financial education. And credit unions are big on financial education and they should be. I just don't know if it was absolutely executed in the right manner at at different times. Um, You know, we have in credit unions, you have a lot of certified financial counselors and things like that. But you've got humans asking other humans questions. So what does that mean? That means everybody asks something differently and everybody does something their own way and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're not asking the same questions consistently and you're not engaging in a consistent manner, it's really hard to have financial education take hold. And so financial wellness, that is, that's just the customer journey to be able to have peace at night when they go to sleep, yes. to not worry about, you know, where they're going to get the money for their next mortgage payment or have their water cut off or their electric cut off, or, you know, am I going to be homeless, especially since the pandemic, especially with, you know, people losing their jobs and getting furloughed. So this goes way beyond financial education. You can sit there and, and talk to them and try to teach them things and, and not that you shouldn't and they want to learn. People want to be good with their finances, but it goes so much deeper than the education. Yes. It's how can you make my life better? How can yep. you improve my situation? And they're looking for that from their financial institutions. Financial wellness, financial yes. empowerment. And this is this is not a very popular thought that I'm about to share and definitely will ruffle some feathers. Financial literacy, and and there's research coming out showing that financial literacy alone is actually more detrimental to a person's financial well-being because you're giving them the knowledge that's creating a false sense of security or expertise, but there's not the follow-through to apply that knowledge or the expertise, the guidance, the counseling to make that knowledge stick and create those positive behaviors. So I really like what you're talking about, getting, getting good at asking good questions because you break down here a, a five-step plan to do just that. And, exactly. and and I want to talk through each one of these points here and because they're very practical, which is number one, discover customer needs, which is number one in this process to build a plan for financial wellness. Can you talk about what that is and, and how to uh, apply that thinking? So when you're talking, so when we talk about discovering, um, customer needs. It sounds like a a really simple concept and in most people's minds it is, but it's actually more complicated than what even we realize. It goes so much beyond saying, hey, you know, do you want this checking account or hey, do you want, you know, this loan? It's about actually deep diving into that customer's financial situation and learning what it is that's actually going on. And so at Ignite, that's the big thing that we do is we're asking the questions, but we're asking the questions in the right way and in the right capacity. And it, it's a deeper level than, than just a lot of this is, you know, at the at the basic level, it's just, okay, what, you know, I'm going to push this product or service because it's what I know. And I don't know these others. And I really don't know what that's going on with them, but this just looks good and I'm going to offer it to them. And what happens is they end up getting in the wrong product and service and they end up getting frustrated and they go somewhere else. So you haven't yes. really accomplished anything. You haven't really discovered what's going on with them at that financial level. You've just gave them something and, and hope that it will work for them. But Part of discovering the needs and asking the right questions, it really it comes down to service. And when we talk about service, service is not where you point the consumer to what the financial institution is wanting to sell. Service is objectively providing the consumer what they need. It's two totally different 
different concepts. And if you think about it, a lot of times financial institutions do want to run promotions or specials and push certain products and services. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, we have to still be asking what it is that they actually need. And we have to be guiding them. They want a GPS. They don't, they want to know, hey, where do I need to be going? And how can you help me get there? And how can you tell me things that I may need without me even knowing? Right. It's no more of this looking back at this historical data and things like that. So when it comes to discovery, you've got to ask it in the right way. Helping the unaware become aware. Like it's almost like I would, if we're looking at this as healthcare, it's a diagnostic and we're going through because, you know, people, if people come in and they're self-diagnosed, meaning, well, and, and, and we, and we ask the wrong question, well, what kind, what type of checking account yeah. do you want? It'll lead them down the path to your point of, of, of potentially frustration and confusion and they'll just leave. But when we put those guardrails on the bumpers of a, of a bowling lane to guide that, that ball down the, the alley so that they can get a strike and, and, and feel really good about the progress that they're making, it's, it's providing a framework, which, which brings us to point number two. Not only should we ask, or as I teach here, go all in, ask, listen, learn, and then lean in to, to offer the solution to the, to the pain points. But you said something here in number two, which is to record goals. That is probably one of the most important things you can do in your digital transformation journey. And this is, this is where digital becomes so powerful. Imagine you're having these conversations, you know, with your customers and um, it's your frontline staff and whether it be through a call center and your branch, um, even a chat bot, however it is, if you're not recording that information and taking it and storing it and analyzing it, how are you going to know what to anticipate or work to next to provide to that customer? And that's where the digital comes into play. So with our platform, we're asking these questions, but we're taking the answers and we're saving them and we're putting them in reports that you just basically log in and you've got all of this data at your fingertips ready to go. And no more like analyzing it, trying to pull it out of your core, throwing it into an Excel spreadsheet, trying to clean it all up. No, these are reports that you just get in and look and you know exactly what's going on. And we can tell you so many different things with our data analytics. And that's incredibly powerful because you're going to discover that maybe that customer does need a home loan or maybe they need a car loan, but maybe it's not right then. Well, if you're not keeping up with that and you're not going back and touching base and saying, hey, you know, you said you might be buying a car or house or something. I just wanted to check in. You're losing that opportunity. Yes. So he's going to be able to, to remember all of those conversations and remember to pick up the phone or send an email or, and, and call that customer. It's, it's taking a proactive stance. It is a proactive stance. It's actually really interesting that we're talking about that. We have an article coming out with CU Insight. I think it's next week. And it, it touches exactly on this. And the title of it, of it is, oh, you say you want a home. Oh, do I have a car loan for you? Right. Because, right? So they told us they wanted a home. They told us they wanted a home three months ago. We completely forgot about that. So we're going to send them this, you know, mass marketing email about, about a car loan. It, yes. it goes much deeper than that. But, but that's what's going on. They're telling you one thing and, and sometimes we're doing the exact opposite and we've got to stop that. Yeah. So we ask good questions. We diagnose, we discover customer needs. Number one, we record goals. Number two, and, and that's really where we can turn. And I love how you frame this. We turn the data into analytics and the an- analytics become the insights that we can take action on, which brings us to point number three, offering accurate and easy suggestions. And that almost echoes what, what was mentioned before. It's mm-hmm. about small steps. Small steps. 
It is definitely about about the small steps. It's about the the guiding. It's not just going, oh, hey, what do you need? Because they don't always know what they what they need. It's about uncovering what's going on and you being the one providing the solution. Yes. And some people liken it now. I mean, we have a lot of terms that we use in the industry, cross-selling, deep selling. But actually, one of my colleagues at Ignite has the perfect phrase, and she calls it deep advice. Mm. And that's exactly what it is. We're advising them uh, on what they need they need to be doing and, and where they can get in their financial wellness journey. And, and one of the statistics out there is 57% of consumers, they just want to be heard by their financial institution. They just want to be listened to. And, and that's what we're doing in uh, this capacity with these guides and this level of engagement. Well, that, that's your digital EQ. That's your digital yeah. emotional intelligence. You know, you're just offering that, 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 that ear to listen to and then provide the prescription, the cure to the solutions to their pain points, which brings us to number four, tracking and measuring progress. Because if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. And then how are you going to know if you're moving forward on that journey, which point number four is to provide a wellness score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is uh, this is one of my favorite concepts when it comes to financial wellness. And basically the wellness score is having an analysis for where they stand. It's similar to your FICO store, school store score, excuse me, but we're giving members a way, you know, to actually gauge their progression because financial wellness is a lifelong journey. Yes, um, It's, it's going to be forever uh, adapting and changing for each individual consumer, but this gives them the ability to gauge where they are in that journey. So it's able to give them some confidence and some security to know that they're actually reaching those goals. And for the financial institution, it's the same thing. It's letting us see that they're working towards that and it's showing us that we're helping them get there. So we're on this path together. And so we can both set the same goals and set out to accomplish them together. And that's why we're, we're focusing on this wellness score. And also, you know, to get more even practical, we want to get it to a level where you can actually see what's going on with your peers too, because we all like peer to peer comparisons. So, you know, we, we want to take it to that next level as well. Yes. It's definitely a new way of looking at financial wellness and definitely a new way to help the consumer get to where they want to be. I'm a big believer that financial coaching is the next level up. Like every checking account gets packaged with a financial coach and that financial coach is not there to tell someone what to do. Cause, and I was having this conversation with, with someone here at the digital growth Institute the other day, you never want to ask someone what they want, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you also never want to tell someone mm-hmm. what they need. Mm-hmm. You ask the good questions, you get good at asking good questions, and then you can provide a recommendation and a path forward for them. But you have to provide a way to measure the progress that they're making. Progress must be greater than perfection. Because I think it's so easy that that when we look at the journey, the path, we're always measuring against the future state which as you move forward, that horizon line is always going to move forward. So you're, you're never going to feel like you're making any progress. Yeah. You measure progress by looking behind at where you came from, exactly. which is a great idea with the, 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 the wellness score, which brings us to number five, that idea of the coach, the accountability. Number five here is just check in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just check in. That's really important. That's something that I think sometimes we don't do enough. So, and we all get busy. Let's let's be real. We all have busy lives, both personally and professionally. We all wear several different hats. But sometimes I think that the consumer experience stops 
after the account opening. I don't think that sometimes we follow up in the ways that we should. And one thing at, at Ignite that we really work on with our partners and what we're really proud of is we give them a way to actually check in with their uh, customers. And I, I'm a firm believer of taking care of the customers you already have. Yes. I know that we all have to get out there and we, we, we have to get new customers and, and bring in you know new consumers. But if you're not taking care of the ones that you already have, you're not really doing yourself any service by not going back. And, and I liken it to like a financial wellness checkup. And, and we keep talking about this analogy, but if you go to the doctor and you tell them what's going on, you expect him to be able to diagnose you and then give you the tools to fix it. And I think what happens sometimes in financial institutions is we'll, we'll, we'll talk to them, even like with financial education, and we'll be like, okay, this is what you need to do, but we're not giving you anything to help you get there. And so I think it's really important to go back and, and do this financial checkup on your existing customers while you're still working on uh, garnering new ones. Uh, so it's very important to have those touch points. And, and that is something that, you know, we believe firmly in at Ignite and our clients do too. And we've seen the results from it. And 79% of consumers say a personalized service is more important than a personalized marketing. And they want to be able, you know, to have their conversation be seamless between the channels, which is why we're talking about this digital. And they don't want to have to repeat their information. If they, they told you something once, they don't want to walk into a branch and have to go through the whole conversation again. So those are all those touch points that we work in. And that is our way of keeping in touch with, with these customers and, and taking them on that journey with the financial institutions. It's really about micro moments. It's about micro experiences. Cause I think, you know, the idea of mass has still found its way into digital. And I'm going to give a shout out to Lynn Jarman Johnson, who was a, a guest on episode number 45 titled creating servant oriented content. Lynn had just shared in one of our digital growth book clubs that her team is doing outbound outreach, literally just calling their account holders, not to sell anything, but just to simply check in. And I think this is key. See how they're feeling right now. Yeah. And yeah. it's opening up so many more opportunities for growth by just asking mm -hmm. Good, good questions. So there's yeah. a very practical application from someone else that has shared this in the book club with what you're speaking. And that's what I try to do. I try to connect dots and people together who are doing amazing things. And this, in fact, Whitney has been a very good conversation, a lot of amazing practical insights. If we could just sum it all up, what is one key action that you would recommend for financial brands to commit to take over the next six to 12 months to continue to make progress just along their digital growth journey when it comes to this idea of guided insights? I think that most importantly, and I've said this earlier, it, it really is, this year needs to be focused on the financial wellness of your customers and how are you going to get back there? You know, I would suggest take a step back, look at what you're doing now and, and, and look at ways that you can actually make some improvements and, and change some things. And then look also for the right partners. Let's be honest, we can't all do this on our own. We all have to work together, but find somebody in the industry that has been there and done that and, and, and has been around and, and can work with you and, and has numbers to give you and data and somebody that really wants to be a partner. And I'm not talking about just vendors. I'm, I'm talking about everybody. Like, look for somebody that can help you get there and step back and go, okay, how are we going to ask these questions? And how are we going to capture this data? And, and what are we going to do with it to make it better for our customers? Get good asking good questions. Good questions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and get these and get, get us back on track. 
because it was a hard, hard year last year. And 2021's a year of recovery. And uh, we have a big task ahead of us. We, we, we really do. We really do. Yeah, we do. And it, it's time to, it's time to, you know, really get serious about that. Absolutely. If someone wants to continue this conversation with you, Whitney, what's the best way for them to reach out and say hello? So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. You can also go to ignitesales.com and reach out to us through there. And then my email is low, and that's L-O-E. There's no W in low <laughs> at ignitesales.com. All right, Whitney, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth. Thank you, James. As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and wash your hands. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. Like what you hear? Tell a friend about the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and subscribe while you're there. To get even more practical and proven insights, visit www.digitalgrowth.com to grab a preview of James Robert's best-selling book, Banking on Digital Growth, or order a copy right now for you and your team from Amazon. Inside you'll find a strategic marketing and sales blueprint framed around 12 key areas of focus that empower you to confidently generate 10 times more loans and deposits. Until next time, be well and do good.